0: Acts chapter 1, the former account I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after he, through the Holy Spirit, had given commandments to the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom he also presented himself alive after his suffering by many infallible proofs being seen by them during 40 days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, Jesus said, you have heard from me. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now." Now when Jesus had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot and Judas the son of James. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the men and women and Mary the mother of James and mother of Jesus and his brothers. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples, altogether the number of names was about a hundred and twenty and said, men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before by the mouth of David concerning Judas, who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus, for he was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry." Now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and his entrails gushed out and it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem. So that field is called in their own language, akel dama, that is field of blood for it is written in the book of Psalms. Let his dwelling place be desolate and no one live in it and let another take his office. Father, we thank you and we continue in our worship of you. Via your word. And so Father, give us clarity. I pray for the gift of teaching and anything that may be on our minds about this past week or month or this day or this coming week that we would lay that at your throne and we'd give your Holy Spirit a hundred percent of our attention. We want to grow, Father. We want to be more like Jesus. So use your word to teach us, to guide us, to direct us, to rebuke us if necessary. For your glory, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Well, if you're new or visiting, we're going through the book of Acts, and we do have CDs available. We're going to pick it up in verses 6 through 8 and start our study there. Therefore, when they had come together, they asked him, Jesus, saying, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? And Jesus said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has put in His own authority, but you shall receive power with the Holy Spirit has come, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So here we see that the disciples asked about the coming kingdom. Now I'm not sure if they were still thinking about themselves ruling and reigning over Rome and their positions or over the Gentile nations, or if their motives were about what the scriptures talked about, the eternal kingdom of God. Because look at verse 3 there, uh, at the end of verse 3, and speaking of the things pertaining so Jesus for 40 days, specifically talked to them about the kingdom of God. What I like about this is either way, the Lord continued to teach his disciples after his resurrection and points back to what we studied last week in verse 8. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit or the coming upon will give them the ability and strength necessary to go out and witness about Jesus' life, death, and resurrection. But question is, If the Spirit spirit is going to come, shouldn't the kingdom be coming as well? Let's look at Luke chapter 17. Let's look at Luke chapter 17. Let's look at Luke chapter 17, verse 20. Because Luke, again, wrote the gospel of Luke as well as Acts, and he gives us this insight when the Pharisees asked Jesus the exact same question. So Luke 17, 20. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come with observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed the kingdom of God, and this is key, this is so key for you and I this morning, the kingdom of God is within you. So, The kingdom of God is not of this earth, even though many people will try to build their own little kingdoms. We see this happening to this day here on this earth. Let's look at Revelation chapter 21, Revelation 21. You see, the true kingdom of God will come with the new heaven and the new earth as described as we're going to see in Revelation 21. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. This is John, the Apostle John, in the 90s, writing, the original 90s. And he says, now I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. Now the first heaven, as you look in Genesis, is everything within our atmosphere. The second heaven is everything outside of our atmosphere. And the third heaven is heaven itself. So when the Mormons talk about the third, three heavens in Mormonism, they've taken it totally out of context. That's why you want to read from Genesis to Revelation. First heaven is everything within our atmosphere. Second heaven is everything, everything, everything outside. And the third heaven is heaven itself. So what do we see here? That this earth, This earth that you and I are on right now today, that people are trying to build kingdoms and have been trying to build for 6,000 years, their own little kingdoms are going to pass away. Also, there is no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, which is heaven itself, coming down out of heaven, so the second heavens, from God prepared as a bride adorned for her husband let's look at second peter chapter three. 2 peter chapter three and again if you don't have a bible we encourage you to get a bible pick up a bible we have bibles available if you can't afford a bible feel free to take a bible it's very important that you learn these scriptures because the enemy wants us to build our little kingdoms and it might not be a big house it might not be a palace it might not be an area But we all have our own little kingdoms. We all have our own little lazy boys. We all have our own little areas that we consider our little kingdom. Even at this church, I mentioned to somebody this past week uh, because we were talking about things and we said, well, you know what? We don't have any sacred cows around here. In other words, nothing belongs to anybody. It's all the Lord's. And so we want to seek the Lord. You know, you go to some churches and they have sacred cows. Don't mess with the grand piano. Do not mess with that grand piano. My grandmother donated that grand piano. Do not mess with the grand piano. Or whatever case it might be, they have these little things that that are attachments, sentimental attachments or physical attachments that you just don't touch. That's a little kingdom. That's not reality. Let's learn what reality is in 2 Peter chapter 3. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. This is one of my favorite verses, and I quote this often. It's all going to burn, because it is. It's all going to burn. So your sacred cow is eventually going to burn. So you might want to really evaluate, should I let it be a sacred cow or should I give it to God? Maybe God wants to do something different than what I have in my own heart. Peter goes on to say, Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved. So Peter reiterates what he just said the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. John wrote Revelation 30 to 40 years after Peter wrote his letter. Guys, this is just temporary. This is all temporary. Now, we should take care of it. We're trying to do that around here. We we should do that. So I'm not negating any of that. We should be responsible and take care of what God has given to us so that it will last. But at the same time, it's not a kingdom. It is not a kingdom. because It is all going to burn. So evaluate your heart as we look back in Acts. And realize the Holy Spirit is going to use us while we're alive. Not after we're dead. No one needs to get saved in heaven. No one needs to be encouraged in heaven. No one needs to be exhorted in heaven. None of that is going to take place in heaven. We're going to be sharing our testimonies and everything is going to be positive. There's not going to be one negative thought in heaven, guys. That's the true kingdom of God. And so the Holy Spirit that dwells in us is going to take us to that kingdom. Verses 9 through 11. Now when he had spoken these things while they watched, he was taken up with a cloud and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel. I believe these are angels. doesn't say that, so wouldn't argue with anybody, but I believe they're angels. Who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gawking? When you look up that word, gawking. Jaw dropped. There he goes. There he goes. Why do you stand here gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Guys, that's a very important verse. Because even to this day in Israel, the religious Jews are still looking for the first Messiah. Jesus was not the Messiah. He's the Gentile Messiah, they'll tell you. The religious elite. He's the Yeah, he's your Gentile Messiah. He's not our Messiah. So they're still looking, and they're going to actually receive him according to the word of God, and they're going to give him that place, of that position of being the Messiah. So as we read these verses, this is not far-fetched. This is not you know, this, unrelevant. This is relevant to us today, even today, because people are still looking for the Messiah or, or a Messiah who will deliver us from what's going on. You see, it's been 40 days, and now the Lord is going to return to his rightful position of sitting at the Heavenly Father's right hand, that that position of power and authority. And Jesus went out of their sight, and I believe that some heavenly hosts, as I just mentioned, angels, came alongside to the disciples to explain a key scriptural principle. This is very important. You'll see it in a minute that the Lord will descend from the very place where he had just seen him ascend to, heaven. There have been various groups over the years that have taught otherwise about the Messiah. But the Bible is clear that the Messiah will return to this earth from heaven. Let's look at Matthew 24. Turn quickly, we've got quite a few verses. Matthew chapter 24. Jesus speaking to his disciples, if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ. Or there, do not believe it. For false Christ and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect, even Christians. See, I have told you beforehand. Therefore, if, you, if they say to you, look, he is in the desert. Do not go out. Or look, he is in the inner rooms. Do not believe it. For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Where's lightning gone? Heaven. So we're to be looking up. How about verse 30? Matthew 24, verse 30. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. A couple of the verses that we have on slides. First Thessalonians 4.16. encourage you to write them down. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trumpet of God. Revelation 1.7. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him. Every eye will see him, even they who pierced him, referencing Jews and Gentiles. And all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so, amen. So how is this relevant? Well, as I was thinking about this, my mind went back to when I worked at IMC back in the uh, early 80s. And there was actually a guy who came to me in in the area that I was working and we started talking about this and he actually made reference. He said, "Well, you know the Messiah, he could come from New York, he could come from Saudi Arabia, he could come from anywhere." I go, "No, he can't." "Yes, he can." "No, he can't." Well, I th- I say he can and I'm looking for him. I go, "Well, then you want to talk about the Bible? Or you want to talk about your opinion?" "Well, show me in the Bible." And so I took him to these verses. End of discussion. You don't need to argue. Just go to the Bible and open the Bible. And then he was like, oh, wow. Didn't know that. Thanks for sharing that. Keep going back to the Bible, guys. Don't argue with people. Just go back to the Bible. It's relevant today. People in America are still looking for the Messiah. Not the biblical Messiah. Just a Savior. Somebody save us from the Republicans. Somebody save us from the Democrats. Somebody save us from Trump. Somebody save us from Obama. Somebody save us. Somebody save us. Where are we all looking? Earth, earth, earth. We're to be looking up. Jesus, save people. Don't save our nation. Who cares about our nation? We care about the people that are in the nation. Save people. And how does he do that? We're ambassadors for Christ. So you and I are the hands and feet of Jesus. And as we go out into our workplaces, our neighborhoods, wherever it might be, he's calling us via the Holy Spirit to bring people to the kingdom of God, not the kingdom of man. Because we can reference all the kingdoms, which I've done before, that have come and gone. And they were phenomenal kingdoms. But you won't find very much of them around anymore. It's the kingdom of heaven that we are to be looking for. Verse 12. Then they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olivet, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. Now, if you've been to Israel, your mind immediately is going to the Mount of Olives. And we did have to change uh, the tour because every hotel, not every hotel, the really nice hotels are totally booked. And so I haven't been to other hotels. And the, our agent said, you really don't want to go to them. So we're pushing the tour off from March of 21 to March of 22 or no. Yes, t- from 2020 to 21, March of 21, and so not this coming March, but and it's wide open. So it's going—we're going to book the nice hotels, and it's going to be a phenomenal time. So if you want to put that on your calendar and start saving for that, we're going to go in March of 2021. I encourage you to go. But for those of you who have been there, you—you're—you're you're already thinking right now. You are up on the, the Mount of Olives, and you're looking down, and you're thinking about that. You see, Luke ended his gospel with another detail about the day of ascension. Luke 24.50 says this, And Jesus led them out as far as Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. That's important. Because he had left them 40 days earlier through the crucifixion. And there was not great joy that evening. There was tremendous sorrow. They were dispersed. But now, now they've seen him leave. And they're not sorrowful. They're not bummed out. They're not depressed. Because they know he's coming back because he told them. And the wheels and the Holy Spirit who dwells in them, things are starting to make sense now. Things are starting to make sense. Things are starting to make sense. So we're excited. So they returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they they were continually in the temple, praising and blessing God. Now Bethany was on the southeastern slopes of the Mount of Olives, and is still there today. It's about two miles away from Jerusalem. So the Lord probably took them to a place on the mount, on the mount, where they could see Bethany, but still be a day's journey away from Jerusalem or about three-quarters of a mile. Three-quarters of a mile. But again, notice what Luke shows us back in Acts, that when they returned, they returned... With great joy. Now it doesn't say that in Acts, it says it in his gospel. But again, he's saying we return to Jerusalem. We're not going to Galilee anymore. We're not going fishing anymore, guys. Because that's what they did during the 40 days. They ended up in Galilee. No, no. We're staying in Jerusalem. We're going back to Jerusalem. Follow me. Verse 13 and 14. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. And we have the list of names. Skip down to verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. Very, very interesting here. They went back most likely to the upper room where they celebrated the last Passover with Jesus. But notice what they did this time. They did the right thing. They went To prayer. These all continued with one accord. The word one accord means ununanimously, with one mind, with one passion. We did not see this in the three to three and a half years of our Lord's ministry with these guys. Matter of fact, they were debating who was the greatest. Even the night before His crucifixion, they were still debating who was the greatest. Who's gonna sit on the right and the left hand of Jesus? But now they've got it. They're understanding. Do they understand the depth of it? Not yet. Not yet, because they don't have the full counsel of God. But they're at least now getting the glimpse of what's going to take place. You see, they didn't go back and try to figure out which one of them was the greatest, which would have led to division. And we see this in the church. We can see this in the church. Now, I don't see this in this church. Because us as leaders, we emphasize the opposite of this. Because Jesus said, if you want to be great, you get to serve everybody. And so here, anyone on staff, that's what I encourage them to do. You want to be a servant? Then you get to serve everybody. Not just the Sunday school, not just special needs, not just beyonders. Not ju- No, no, no. You get to serve everybody. Because that's what we're called to do as far as leadership goes. Which would have led to dissension. No. Instead, they went to prayer, and this developed unity let's look at some other verses let's look at romans chapter 15 and i'm going to read it out of the nlt so you can either read along or you can listen because there's another place where these same words are used in romans 15 1 we read this we who are strong must be considerate of those who are sensitive about things like this So not strong physically, strong spiritually, as you read Romans chapter 15. We must not please ourselves. We should help others do what is right and build them up in the Lord. For even Christ didn't live to please himself, as the scriptures say, the insults of those who insult you, O God, have fallen on me. Such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scriptures give us hope and encouragement as we wait patiently for God's promises to be fulfilled. May God, who gives this patience and encouragement, help you to live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Verse 6 is going to give us this, and they continued with one accord, with one accord. And all of you can join together with one voice. There's the same root word right there. And then all of you can join together with one voice, giving praise and glory to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, question. How can we come into unity with one another? Prayer. Prayer is one of the vital aspects of bringing forth unity, and that's why we have a prayer meeting every Saturday morning from 8.30 to 9.30, which is very lightly attended. Very lightly attended. It's open to any of you, male, female, young, old. It's open to any of you to come to build unity when we make decisions so that as we make decisions and then somebody comes along and starts to whine and complain, I ask them a very simple question. Where have you been? Because we've been praying about this. Have you been praying about this? No, I haven't been praying about it, but I have an opinion. Well, I really don't care about your opinion. I care about praying. I care about unity. And if you want your prayer, your opinion to be heard, then join us in prayer. Come and pray together that we can find unity. Because you know what? You have a good opinion, but you're bringing it up a little late. Because now we're moving in this direction. Can we stop moving in that direction? Yes, we can. Are we going to? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Because we've been praying for weeks, months, maybe even years. So prayer, guys, is very, very important around here. I encourage you to come and pray. If you can't make it, be a prayer at home. Set aside time at home to be in prayer. Because I know everybody can't make it. But ask yourself a simple question. Can I make it once a year? On a Saturday morning from 8.30 to 9.30? Can I make it at least once a year? Would that be too hard? How about twice? How about three times? Can I make it once a month? Would that be too much to ask? Again, I'm just saying this, not out of guilt or condemnation. But if we want unity, as we're seeing in the scriptures, if we really want unity, we have to focus on prayer. And that will do it. That will bring unity amongst us. Very, very important. Notice as well in this verse that Mary, the mother of Jesus, is present with the group. What did we see at the cross? That Jesus asked John, the apostle John, to take Mary in. So John did take her in. He took care of her. And here we see her at a prayer meeting along with the Lord's brothers. Now, I was raised in a religion where Jesus didn't have any brothers. But when you read your Bible, you'll find out that Jesus had physical brothers and he had physical sisters because Joseph and Mary had physical relations. They had intimacy. But in the religion I was raised in, they, didn't, they frowned upon that. And so, no, Mary was a perpetual virgin, not scriptural. You see, Mary knew that Jesus was special but didn't understand the fullness of his mission until now. She's now in Jerusalem. She's not in Galilee. Notice as well that the Lord's brothers mocked him earlier in his ministry, and yet now they are present and willing to pray to God through Jesus' name. This is the last reference to Mary and the Lord's earthly family in the New Testament, but what a wonderful transformation took place and could very well take place in our own lives as well. How can we apply this to our lives? You see, James, the Lord's half-brother, became a pillar in the early church and wrote the letter of James, not the Apostle James. The Apostle James was martyred for Christ very early on in the church. So James, who wrote the letter to James, is the Lord's half-brother. Judas was another brother, possibly could have written the letter of Jude. Again, bottom line, don't give up on praying and witnessing to your relatives. Don't give up praying and witnessing to your relatives. It might be after you die that they come to saving knowledge of Jesus, and you won't know. But don't give up praying and ministering to your family, even if it has to be at a distance because they're doing things that are very, very unacceptable. Pray. Verses 15 through 20. And in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples. Altogether, the number of names was about 120 and said, Men and brethren, this scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke before the mouth of David concerning Judas. Notice that Peter doesn't talk about his emotions. We're seeing a tremendous transformation taking place in 40 days. What was Peter known for in the ministry of Christ? Peter was known for open mouth. Insert foot. But now what is Peter saying? Let's go back to the scriptures. Let's go back to the scriptures. That's a transformation. So again, don't give up on yourself or your relatives. Transformation can take place. Who for was numbered with us and obtained a part in this ministry. Now this man purchased a field with the wages of iniquity, 30 pieces of silver, and falling headlong, he burst open in the middle and all his entrails gushed out. And it became known to all those dwelling in Jerusalem, so that field is called in their own language, Akel Dama, that is, field of blood. For it is written in the book of Psalms, so now Peter quotes the word of God, let his dwelling place be desolate, and let no one live in it, and let another take his office. Jesus, what did you say about Peter? Peter, you're going to lead the sheep. You're going to be the spokesman. You're not going to be the first pope. Peter was not the first pope. That's man-made kingdom of men. Peter was not the first pope. He was a spokesman. If anyone, if anyone, James, the half-brother of Jesus, was a leader in Jerusalem. He really proved himself and actually had more authority than Peter did. If you look at the bigger picture, Jesus, James is referenced. But here Peter is now the spokesman that the Lord asked them to be. And again, it's no longer Peter's bright ideas, but it's what the scriptures say. And guys, that's a good example for you and me. We want to go back to the scriptures, and that's why we emphasize the scriptures. If you're new or visiting, you might be going, this guy jumps all around the Bible. This is boring. Why is he doing that? The scriptures are key to our lives here at Calvary. We want to base everything on the scriptures, not on our feelings, not on our emotions, ...on the Scriptures. So let's look at Psalm 19. Let's look at Psalm 19. You see, it's not what I have to say... ...although you should be evaluating what I say... ...to make sure that it is Scriptural. It's what the Word of God has to say... ...and it's my responsibility, according to Ephesians... ...to help disciple you all for the work of the ministry. Ephesians specifically says that... ...and that's what I do on Sunday morning... ...or other times that I get together with saints... Psalm 119, 9-16. How can a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed according to your word. Young man or young woman. With my whole heart I have sought you. Oh, let me not wander from your commandments. Your word I have hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have declared all the judgments of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies, as much as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and contemplate your ways. I will delight myself in your statutes. And where do you find these commandments and ways and statutes? The verse wraps it up. I will not forget your word. What's happening in the church of America today is big church. Big church is forgetting the word of God and replacing it with a temporal kingdom. We want to welcome everybody. We want a rainbow flag outside of our building. We just want to welcome everybody and accept everybody and not talk about sin, adultery, or gambling, or pornography. No, we don't want to do any of that. Let's just make everybody feel happy, hunky-dory, and love them to hell. No, that's not what the Word of God says to do. Look at Psalm 119, 105. For you and I, guys, we have to stay focused in the Word. Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. I have sworn and confirmed that I will keep your righteous judgments. I am afflicted very much. Revive me, O Lord, according to your word. Accept, I pray, the freewill offerings of my mouth. O Lord, and teach me your judgments. My life is continually in my hand, yet I do not forget your law. The wicked have laid a snare for me, yet I have not strayed from your precepts. Your testimonies I have taken as a heritage forever, for they are a rejoicing of My heart, I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever. And this is key for you and I today in 2019, because things could really get changed drastically in 2020 Going to have a new president in 2021. Who's it going to be? I don't know. God does. I'm looking to the kingdom of heaven. I'm going to vote. If you're not registered, you need to register. You need to do your due diligence. You should vote all of those things you got to be involved. You've got to do your part. But stay focused on the kingdom of heaven. Because as we just all read this morning, it's all going to burn. It's all going to burn. I have, kept, I have inclined my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. We'll close with this slide as the music team comes up. Jesus in the new King James says, sanctify them, wash them, cleanse them. If you're here today and you're struggling with an issue in your life, the best way you can get over that issue is to be in the word of God from Genesis to Revelation and allow the word to wash your mind, to wash your mind, to wash your mind. And you will see your mind, your personality being changed and transformed. And you will become more like Jesus each and every day. But it's by the word of God. Sanctify them by your truth. Your word is truth. And then I liked it out of the New Living Translation. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. And guys, that's why we're here this morning. To learn the word of truth. It might make us uncomfortable. We might not be happy with it. But it is the word of God, guys. And it is the only thing that is going to get us through to the very end. To the very end. Father, we thank you and praise you for this morning. And Father, we thank you and praise you that your word is alive. It is real. It is relevant. And Father, we're living in dark days and they're getting darker Yet we thank you and praise you that your Holy Spirit dwells within us. And and greater is he who is in us than he who is within this world, Lord. We know that Joseph shared earlier, there is a spiritual battle going on this week, this day, maybe even in this room right now, for the soul of a man or a woman, an unbeliever, Maybe there's one unbeliever in our midst this morning, and the Holy Spirit is drawing them to the cross, but the enemy is right there whispering in their ear, that's foolishness, that's nonsense. Leave. You don't need a Savior. You're fine. As saints, we intercede right now in that spiritual realm for maybe that one individual that's with us this morning that needs Jesus as their savior. You love them and you are interested in their soul. You're not interested in our little kingdoms. You are interested in the kingdom of God, your kingdom, father. So as the saints are praying, if you're here this morning and you have never asked Jesus to be your savior, You know of the name Jesus. You know there's a God. You know there's a heaven. You know there's a hell. And right now, if you're honest with yourself, you know that if you died, that you are going to hell. And it's not a joke. And so I want to encourage you. You do not have to make a decision to go to hell. You can make a decision to go to heaven, but you have to make that decision yourself. Nobody can make it for you. So if you would like to receive Jesus this morning, I'm going to pray a simple prayer. You just pray this prayer along with me. And if you're sincere, if you're honest with God, because God already knows, but you have to be honest with God. If you're honest with God and pray this prayer, he will receive you as his son, as his daughter, and you will be sealed with the Holy Spirit. Just pray this prayer. God, I get it. I need a savior. I don't want to go to hell. I desire to be in heaven with you and with these loving saints who are praying for me right now. So God, I accept Jesus into my life right now. I repent of my sins and I accept the Holy Spirit into my life right now. I'm not sure what this all means. But I am going to trust that you will show me through these saints, through your word, via your Holy Spirit. So by faith, I say thank you for your grace and that I can now call you Father, my father in jesus name amen father for the rest of us we need more of your holy Spirit as we go out into our mission field lord we get so busy and it's getting hotter and so we're going to be tired and we might be short-tempered father fill us with your holy spirit for you have good works, as your word says. You've ordained them that we would walk in them this week. So, Lord, help us to look up. Help us to see that we would be where you desire us to be. And we'd have that proper attitude that you would have us to have for those individuals saved or unsaved for your glory, Father. Lord, we thank you for this time. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Amen. Why not we all stand, guys? And again, if you're new or visiting, we'll have some elders up here for the laying out of hands. If you have never asked for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we encourage you to come forward and ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Any prayer you might have, please come up. We'd love to pray for you guys. Have a blessed week. God bless you. All right, let's sing. Jesus, worthy is the Lamb that was slain for us. Jesus. Worthy is the Lamb that was slain for us, Son of God, amen.